All right, gents, welcome back to the newest episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. It's actually a Saturday morning right now. I'm actually drinking coffee, although it's starting to get cold. And I'm super excited to share with you my thoughts, meditations, and reflections on this Saturday morning. So go grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, enjoy the sunrise. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. All right, guys, happy Saturday morning. It's actually not Saturday morning anymore by the time I'll actually post this, but it's Saturday morning for me. I'm enjoying a hot cup of coffee, which is just about cold. I might have said that in the intro. If I did, forgive me. Oh, well. But, man, what a great week. A nice relaxing week of spring break. Now, spring break for teachers is a life-saving event. Like, spring break for teachers is probably the only thing keeping us sane both before and after spring break. It's just absolutely necessary. I don't think I would have survived through four years of teaching if I hadn't had spring break each one of those years. Uh, but just to be real with you, the week before spring break is always the toughest for me. And every year I find myself reassessing and thinking, do I want to stay in this fight? Is this really what I want to continue to do? Is this really where the Lord wants me to serve? And uh, just thinking about that week before, uh, probably even like two weeks, maybe even a month before spring break, I was going through this like personal crisis <laughs> and and just reassessing and thinking, is this what I want to do? I just wanted to, for a while, I just wanted to pack up shop and walk away. I didn't think it was worth it anymore. <laughs> like I found myself thinking I didn't think what I was doing mattered. I didn't think I was making a difference. Uh, I thought that I knew better than God what the future should hold. And so I started planning out my own future. Uh, I started planning out the future for other people and started literally telling the Lord in prayer, like, all right, Lord, this is what uh, you ought to do here. And it sounds so silly that I would be that bold, but I think we all do it. And we do it with regularity. We tell the Lord what we want instead of asking him what his will for our lives is. And I know that I'm not alone in this. I talk to a lot of people, teachers and not teachers, who go through similar phases of life consistently. Um, it, it happens in cycles. We continually are going through these phases and we start to come up with all kinds of righteous reasons why we should just walk away from whatever we're doing. Uh, we look around and we say, ah, oh, I've done my due diligence. I have served my purpose. I've done my time. I served faithfully. It's time for me to walk away. And in reality, we still have a lot of work left in front of us to do. Uh, or we, we look and we say, well, I have other opportunities to follow. I have other ministries that I should pursue and I, that I want to that I want to follow. And I can't do those things if I'm still here doing this. When in reality, either A, you're just running away or B, you totally could do it. You just have all kinds of obstacles in your way that you could remove. Um, another one that I find myself saying all the time is I see all this immorality and sin around me and I don't see it changing. Well, brother, we live in a sinful world and I don't care what church you're at. You could be at the most closest thing to perfect church 
that there is in the world. And you can look around and see hypocrisy. It's because we're sinners. It's because we can't actually perfectly fulfill the role that the Lord has put us in. You could look at the best group of people on the world in the world, and they are going to be hypocrites. It's just the way they are. And how foolish of me to be that, that to lack that self awareness to say, "Hey, I'm a hypocrite too." Man, I even I even started thinking to myself, "I'll I'll find another way to serve. I'll be a police officer. I'll join the military. I'll I'll find another way to serve. I'll be a full time coach." I will find another way to serve, and that way I don't have to feel guilty about leaving or walking away. But the Lord shut me up pretty quick. He has a tendency to slam doors in my face. I've told people in the past that uh, my nose is just about always broken because I'm always trying to run through a door that the Lord is slamming shut. And uh, my nose is broken again right now, as it almost always is. It seems like I'm always either running through a door the Lord doesn't want me to run through or trying to mend a broken nose from running into a brick wall but uh the lord whispered in my heart this week stay in the fight stay in a fight he's talking about my ministry he's talking about my personal life he's talking about all kinds of different things he's talking about this podcast the lord just simply said stay in the fight and i looked around me at the men that i admire the most and the men that i want to emulate and asked myself how did they get there how did they get to a position that i want to emulate how did they get to the point where I'm looking at them and admiring them, and the reality is that the answer to that question is that they stayed in the fight. And so knowing that the Lord wanted me to stay in the fight, I took kind of a journey. And it sounds hooky and woo-woo, but it it really is something that we ought to do fairly often, is I went on a journey to rekindle my purpose, to find my purpose again, and maybe reframe it a little bit, so that I wouldn't find myself burning out. And this is this is where I ended up here. I read, I was reading a book by Chip Gaines. He, uh, he's the star of that show Fixer Upper. He's the goofball who's always running through walls and he loves Demo Day. He's, he's a great guy, it appears. He's a strong Christian man. Uh, but I was reading the book that just came out. My mom blessed me and gave it to me. Uh, it's called Capital Gaines. It is a good read. It's a good light read. But he says in that book, and this caught my eye, He says, nobody remembers if you crossed the finish line bruised and bloody. They just remember that you stayed the course. Don't get hung up on how ugly the race may have looked. In the end, all that matters is that you finish. That's such incredible wisdom from, I mean, he's a self-professed. He's just a knucklehead who loves to build houses. (laughs) It's such great wisdom, though. It does not matter how pretty the journey was. You're never going to be able to stay safe and comfortable and you're never going to be perfect. So don't try and be. We get so frustrated trying to live out exactly the picture we had and we forget that we're on a journey. It reminds me of another quote that I've heard before. Hunter S. Thompson said this. I've run into it reading a lot of books about the military. A lot of guys have latched onto it. But it says this quote. I love it. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. We don't like to live like that. We like to stay safe. We like to stay in the confines of our own little hearts and minds and never take a risk. Where the reality is, if we never take a risk, we'll never really truly serve the purpose that the Lord has laid in front of us. 
in a world we live in, in the secular world that we live in, speaking out about our Christianity and living out a Christian faith is not going to be an easy and comfortable thing. We can either hide away where no temptation will ever reach us, although that's not true, temptation will reach you anywhere, but we can either hide away where the persecution can't touch us or we can go live out our purpose and be on fire for Jesus. I was talking to my dad, and he talks about his ministry in a, in a similar way. He says when he's when he has hardships, when things start to get challenging and frustrating, he always thinks about his ministry, my ministry right now. My current situation is always preparing me for whatever comes next. So if something tough is happening right now, it's active on-the-job training for something I'm going to face in the future. That's genius, and it's true, and it gives me the motivation. It gives me the strength to continue to push forward. He's a wise guy, my dad. I'm glad he was my father. But, ah, man, so often we like to run away. We don't like to stay in the fight. I think that's a result of the me generation. We're always thinking about ourselves. We're not thinking about serving the greater good. We're not thinking about, you know, serving a purpose. We're just thinking about how can I feel safer? How can I feel more comfortable? And that kind of launches into the me too stuff and, and, and the... Um, like all this that goes along with it, the, the women's marches, the political correctness, all of this, if you really look into it, it comes from a foundation of people being offended, people being made to feel uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing for people to be bringing um, awareness to sexual misconduct. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that women um, should take a more predominant role in the workplace. I'm not saying that at all. I think those are blessings and wonderful things. In fact, (laughs) someday the woman I marry will be a strong and independent woman who could, (laughs) I mean, she's going to have to take care of me. So, (laughs) but my goodness gracious, it's all about me. When you hear those interviews, they all talk about I, they all talk about me and they never talk about the greater good, the common good. They all talk about how they've been offended, how I don't feel safe, how I feel this way and I feel that way. When the reality is, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about the ministry. It's about what the Lord has prepared for us. I think about, uh, especially on the hardest days, I, I, you guys know that I love poetry. I love music. And I shared the If poem with you by Rudyard Kipling, and that certainly fits the bill here. But there's a song by Simon and Garfunkel. It was also redone by Mumford and Sons called The Boxer. And there's a verse in The Boxer that I always think about on the toughest of my days. It says, in the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade, and he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down and cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame, I am leaving, I am leaving. But the fighter still remains. He's a boxer by trade. He's a fighter. He can't leave. He's not going to. He's going to stand in. He's going to keep his nose in the fight. And that's the way I picture myself as a man. I need to stay in the fight. If I don't stay in the fight, I cannot fulfill my purpose. I cannot do the good works that the Lord has laid in front of me to do. So I stay in the fight every single day. I think the classic example of that is the Apostle Paul. And now this is, comes from a portion of Scripture where Paul's talking about being humble and how he cannot possibly earn salvation. But if you also look at it from another angle, he's talking about just matter-of-factly talking about all these hardships that he's been through for the sake of the gospel and saying, it's just part of life. It's just a part of the gospel. Here's what he says. I, have, I am more. I have worked much harder. I have been in prison more frequently. I have been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received the 
from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, um, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the, in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Later, he says... In Damascus, the governor under King Eratos had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window in a wall and slipped through his hands. Paul faced all these hardships and struggles not because it was like a credit to his account, but just because he was so on fire for Jesus, because he had a job to do and a purpose in front of him, and wasn't going to let anything stop him. He stayed in the fight. And Paul is the definition of arriving at heaven's gates in a cloud of smoke, skidding in, yawn, what a ride. And he heard those words, those very special words, well done, good and faithful servant. I guarantee Paul was walking through the gates of heaven, high-fiving and celebrating after he was executed. Now, I'm probably not going to be executed, neither are you, and we're not going to face the kind of hardships that he faced. But we should stay in the fight and we should live by his example. There was nothing that was enough to throw Paul off his course. There were certainly times where Paul had to walk away from certain things and certain churches and certain ministries just so he would survive. But he continued the fight. And that's my encouragement to you this week. Stay in the fight. Step one is to prayerfully consider what the Lord wants you to do. Let him guide your life. Let him speak into your heart and tell you what he wants you to do. And once you've determined what the Lord's will for your life is, embrace the challenges that come with it. Lean into those hardships and let him shape, mold, and sculpt you into his image. And arrive at heaven's gates bruised and bloodied and beaten up and worn out for Jesus. Get it done. Stay in the fight. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at the Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at Coach Ungemach, that's U-N-G-E-M-A-C-H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five-star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Palmeyer for our podcast art. And thank you to you, the listener, because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.